Hey, we're in the book of First. This thing on. We're in the book of. Was written by. He wrote it to who? The Church of God in Corinth, and and in that city of Corinth, which was a Greek city, every Greek Greek city had a small G God that represented the city where they would have a big temple for that small G God. Who was the small G God for Corinth? Aphrodite, who was God, God, goddess of sex and fertility. And we've said this this line. This is like the twelfth week we've gotten to preach through this book, and we're finally going to see how the city has infiltrated the church and why that's important for you to know. Okay, are you ready? You sure? Now there's a, uh, because of where this passage goes, I was like talking to some people and was like, you know, because of the topic of where we're at, there's not a whole lot of illustrations that I can use with this. There's a story that goes along here. And so we're going to learn through the story, but for illustrations to help bring it to light, I don't have. And you'll, you will see why in a minute. So just hang with me. The background, chapter 4 ends where Paul is getting on their case about being a divided church. It's not the first time he said it in this letter. It's not the second time. It's the third time. He said, he's, he's just said, quit being di- divided. And you've got an issue with pride. He, in verse 18, he says this. First uh, Corinthians 4, 18 says, Some are arrogant, as though I, I were not coming t- to you. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills. And I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness. Now, Paul is ripping in the church and says, hey, y'all are doing a lot of smack talk, but I'm coming. I'm writing this letter right now, but I want you to know that I'm, I'm going to come. And your words are going to be, have to match up with your power, with what you believe. But I'm going to come with power. So be ready to hear. So he's, he's laying on, these aren't just simple words I'm saying, and I'm not ever going to be there. I'm saying these words, and I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to hold you accountable to it. So he's coming that's pretty strong, right? When someone says that to you, hey, I'm writing these words, and you're, you, you probably are like, ah, does he really mean it? I mean it, and I'm going to show you when I come. And I will either show you with force or with love, but I'm going to show you in one way. And I don't, don't, don't know about you, but in my life, I've learned I much prefer someone comes and shows me in love than with force. Because as a young man, I had force used on me quite a few times because I needed it to be used on me, and I did not like it at all, nor my rear end did. But love was much better. Yes? Some of you are like, yeah, okay. Have anybody uh, heard the phrase? Now, now, this phrase came to mind when I looked at where we've been in, ch- in ch- chapters 1 through 4 and where we're about to go into 5, the phrase, out of the frying pan into the... Fire. Okay, good. So you've, some of you have heard this phrase before. What I love about it, this is actually chapter 6 of J.R.R. Tolkien's book, The, the Hobbit. It's the chap, chapter type, type, title. And to, to give you an idea of what that means, I thought I'd use the Lord of the, of the Rings reference, or a Hobbit reference, okay? 
what's going on in this chap- chapter, and it's a great one to read, that whole book's a great book to read, um, is they've just been fighting go- go- goblins, and they've just gotten away from them, and they've just escaped with their lives. And they think, ah, we're good, we're safe. And all of a sudden, they hear a sound, and they see these wargs that are coming to- toward them. Now, a warg is like a demonic wolf, and on it is an orc, which is just like a demonic demonic, demonic, good word, thing. It's just scary. And so once they thought they're safe from the goblins, now all of a sudden they've got to face these wargs and orcs, which are much, much greater threat than what they had before. If you see, there's a picture because there's, there's Bilbo with a sword called Sting, very good, okay. And that sort of depicts, now, so, so when I, uh, you, you can take that down. So put the, the other picture up. This is the phrase, out of the frying pan, meaning you're in something that's hot. It's not a good place to be, but if you jump out of it, it could, you could be in, a, in a, a, a very worse spot. And as he's going to begin to teach right here, they've been in a bad spot. He's been ripping into to them, and now he's really going to light them on fire, okay? Things are going to get much much worse. Let's stand to get together. We're going to read our main text. We'll, we'll actually actually go through a little past here of what we're, we're going to read, but this is our main text. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. It says this, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For man has his father's wife and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I've already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you were assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present, like the truth that he just spoke right there, with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan, for the destruction of the flesh, so that a spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of, of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Dear Lord, what do we just read? Let's pray. God, we just ask that you will uh, use this text, even this text, as we're working through uh, 1 Corinthians, Lord. Use this to draw us closer to you, Lord, to wake us up where we need to wake up. Lord, may we be a people that are serious about our faith every aspect of our faith. And Lord, may we, even at risk of friendships and at risk of status, Lord, may we choose to follow you and honor you above all else. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have a seat. The first problem here, and we're not going to stay here long because it's clear what the, 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 the problem problem is, and we've got three main points to, to this text. The first point is this. We see a shocking sin. Okay, right in this text, we see a shocking sin. Okay, it's sexual immorality. The word there is pornea. I don't know what 
English word we may get from that, but you may, may know it's porn. It's, it's, and in here, it's in the context that any sexuality out of, the, out of the bond of marriage, out of God's design for the man and wife in marriage, anything is sexual immorality. It says here that a man is sleeping with his father's wife. It doesn't say his mom. It says his his father's wife, that, that, that leads us to believe that he is with his stepmom. We don't know if the father's still alive or not, but this is a believer, don't miss this, that's the main point of the text, inside the church that is doing this, and the church is aware of it. They're aware, aware of it. That should cause you to go, ooh. Don't forget, the word of God is clear on sexual immorality. It says, one, flee from sexual immorality. Immorality. It also says, "Let there not be a hint, even a, a a tinge of sexual immorality among you." It's something that we should not just like, "Hey, look out for that." It's something that we should run from as as hard and fast as we can. Just like when you were little, or you might even do it now. When I was small, we had a drop drop driveway that felt like it was like a mile long. It, it wasn't a, a mile long, but it felt that way. And, and we, I would have to take out the trash at night because I would forget to do it in the daytime. And we lived in sort of in the woods, long driveway. I would drag the trash out there. I would be like, you can do it, you can do it, you're going to be all right, you're, you're going to be all right. And as soon as I got it to the right spot, I would bolt for the house with everything that I had. I would make it into the door of the house, shut the door, and I'd be like, I'm good, I'm good, and act like everything was fine. That's the type of fling we're supposed to have when it comes to sexual immorality. Like we're running for our lives and it's about to gra- grab us. You've got to get away from it. Um, gosh, I just, I just skipped, skipped the point. No, I didn't. Um, now, now, don't miss this side point. Church discipline is a real thing. Okay? Uh, uh, and ne- it's necessary as, as, as well. Three times, verse two, verse five, verse thirteen. He 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 says you need to remove him from the 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 body. That he he does not need to be a part of the body. Why? Because he's a believer that is act, actively practicing sexual immorality. And not only that, but we're going to see. But they're a. a aware of it. Jesus in Matthew 18, 15 through 17, this is what he says about church discipline. If, you're, if, you're, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your, your brother. But if he does not li- listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be est- est- established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So he's saying this. If he doesn't listen, he's confronted with the sin and doesn't hear what you have to say, put him out of the church. Jesus is saying this. Some people, and, and, and it's important for y'all to sort of, even at your age, to know this. Church membership is imp- important. This very... The, the passage we're in and this one that I just read make a case that church membership is important. Because how can you be placed out of a church if you're not a part of a church? How do you know if you're a part of the church unless you become a member of the church where you are under the teaching of the church? So 
Don't miss that. Membership is important. And the removal of the person isn't go, we're better than you. We're better than you. Get away from us. It's to hopefully to, to wake him up. It says in verse 5, you're to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Why? Because it's wanting to move him out of the church so that the world beats him to a pulp and he comes back to Christ. He understands Christ is his only hope. That's why we move him out of the church. In verse 13, it says, purge the evil person from among you. So we see this shock, shocking sin. We're going to come back to this in a, a second. But then we see something else. We see a subtle sin. See, the, for some of us, the shocking sin is easy for us to stay, stay away from. Oh, that, that's a bad sin there. We're going to stay away from that one. But the subtle sins, we tend to fall in pretty easy. Or we don't admit that we even have a problem at all. In, in verse 2, Paul says this to them. And it, it, it condemns them in a way. He says, shouldn't you be more, mourning? You've just learned about this, this, this shocking sin. Shouldn't it cause you to mourn? In today's world, it goes something like this. Hey, did, hey, 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 you're among a bunch of friends. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so and so-and-so? And did you hear what they did? <gasps> I know. Oh, I couldn't believe they did that. And we couch it like caring, but it's really just dripped with gossip and I'm better than them and the Bible says that when we hear something like this it should cause us to mourn it should cause us to be sad and that mourning causes us to move and act on it in a loving way to go approach them on it to reach out to them do we really understand if you've been in church at any amount of time you've heard this before but sin is Serious. So serious. We treat it like it's something we control, we have power over, but in reality it has power over us. It isn't cute, a little pet that is tame and sweet. It's a lion, the Bible tells us in, in, in First Peter, that prowls around waiting to destroy, to devour you. Even as a pet, sometimes it looks cute, it looks sweet. We have a little new, new dog, some of you may not know, um, that, a, a puppy that's probably three months old now. His name's Chewy. Uh, che- Chewbacca Tano Walsh is his full name. I don't know how we got that name. And, um, and he's a Lhasa Apsa. And he's a great puppy, and I love it as a pet. Uh, but he's got this condition that is just killing me right now. If he sees or hears me or Joe for the first time in any part of the day, he piddles. That means he leaks. He pees. He doesn't like pee like a flood. He just pees enough to make you have to go clean it up. Every time, Joe and I, like, we walk in the house, we're like, don't, don't look at the dog, ignore him, try to kick him outside. You know, it's just horrible. So even these things that we think are just a cute pet, it can be the biggest pain in your life. Sin is so much worse than that. So much worse than that. Though I want to kill him sometimes. He's cute. He's cute. So we see that sin, a, a, a shocking sin, and we see a subtle sin. And this is the sin. That, and, and don't forget, this is written to believers. 
This is believers in the church. This is your peers in your youth group right now. God is calling you to love them in a way that could cost your friendship. Do you love them enough? Do you, you love them enough and want their relationship with God is more important than your relationship with them? Are you willing to make a stand and say something? The, the shocking sin we can stay, stay away from. Oh, I'm not going to do that. What about the subtle sin? Because it's just as great. Because it's just as much damage. Now look in here in, in verse 6. I want to try to explain this part. It says, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Leaven is like, like yeast. The lump here is dough. It's, it's wheat. and They're going to make bread. It says to cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us, therefore, celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So if leaven is yeast and the, and the, the flour... Now, you know the, the way this works? You, you, take the, you take the leaven, which is the yeast, and you put it in with the dough, and it does a chemical... Re- a re, a re, a reaction where the where the where the the yeast the leaven actually let me let me uh, it, it feeds off the sugars that are in the flour and the dough and this makes makes gas not like gas that you have at night <laughs> uh, it makes gas that the gluten mate 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 matrix in the dough uh, it 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 goes into that and that makes the bread rise, and that's how you have sort of the bread that's like soft and, and fluffy that you eat. That's sort of the way that works. If you were to take yeast and you mix it in with the dough, can you unmix it? No, no. Once it's mixed in, it is mixed in. So you've got to take and start a whole new batch. So you're, you're, you're boasting, your pride, you're, you're allowing this to occur within your church and the, the body of the, the church. It's like a little leaven that gets into the, the body. And leaven here is a bad thing. This is like sin, that you're al- allowing it, and it, 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 it messes up the whole, bo- whole body. It messes up the whole body. Do we understand how important this is, and sin is ser- serious? And if we, sin per- 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 permeates everything, and if we let it ling- linger, it spreads and it doesn't only spread, but it'll change what it initially was. Just like it, there's a chemical reaction where it makes this dough now that this dough will rise. For this, what the, the church is, it's going to make the church be what it's not intended to be. That's what the sin does. That's why he uses this story, because they understood leaven and dough. This is what they had to do every day for their meals. This was a part of their life. So he's speak, speaking in terms that they totally understand. But there's hope. There's hope. There's a, there's a missionary that was named David Brainerd. He was a missionary for um, the Native uh, Americans in Del- Delaware, and right around there from 1743 to 1746. Not a very long time. He, he actually was sick most of his life. He was told not even to do this because he was, he was so sick. He died of, of, of TB at the age of 29. But 
he was faithful to minister up until his death. And this is a, a quote that he wrote. He says, I never got away from G- G- Jesus and him crucified. And I found that when people were gripped by this great evangelical doctrine of Christ and him crucified, I had no need to give them instructions about morality. I found that one followed as the sure and inevitable fruit of the other. I find my Indians begin to put on the garments of holiness and their common life begins to be sanctified even in small matters when they are possessed by the doctrine of Christ and him crucified. How do we keep sin from spreading in our church and in the body of believers, we focus on Christ and him crucified. We live for Christ and him crucified. We talk about Christ and him crucified. And when we do that, it is going to shore up the body of Christ and we are going to be who we were intended to be. But don't miss it. The shocking sin and the subtle sin are just as great. Uh, in, in Romans six twenty three, it says, uh, for the wa- wages of sin is death. Yeah, it brings death. They're, they're just as great. Near the end of this text, uh, beginning in verse 9, we see uh, he gave a, there's a, a, a shocking sin, a subtle sin, and then he gives a response to sin. And this is, could be the hardest thing that he even said in this letter to them or for us to hear, or receive, because um, to, you know, the, the, to he who knows the truth, uh, what to do, and does not do it to him, it is sin. So understand, when you are under the teaching of the Word of God, and you hear it, and you understand it, and you don't apply it, you understand that that's, that's the sin of, of omission, you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, that's, that's still a sin. And this is his response to sin, this is what he put in verse 9. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral pe- people. Now, this is, what book are we in again? First Corinthians. So he's t- talking about a-, a letter before this one. What letter it- is it? Because he wrote to them before. He says that in verse 9. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. We have no idea. You're like, I don't know. We don't know either. No, it's, 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 it's a, a lost let, a let, a let, a letter um, that evidently he wrote to this church before this one. So, and this is what it says in, in, in verse, uh, verse 9 again. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral pe- pe- people, not at all meaning the sexual, sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. So he said, don't associate with sexually immoral pe- 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 people. And I'm not ta- talking about the ones that are outside the church because that's what they are. Lost people are lost and they're going to do lost things. And you're not called to abandon them and stay away and it's us for and no more because we're going to stay safe. No, God's created you to reach a world that needs Jesus, that needs hope. So he's, he's reminding them, hey, I, to, I told you, stay away from these folks, but I'm not talking about the ones in the world. You need to reach them. This is what it says in verse 11. But now I'm, I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is, a, is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reveler, drunkard, or 
swindler or thief, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Holy cow. So we understand lost people are going to act lost. But believers are those who claim to, to be should not look like a lost world. And if they are saying they're believers in Christ, but they are not living it and they refuse to turn from their ways, and we even when you confront them about it, you know what the Word of God says you do? You walk away from them. And you're like, whoa, whoa, that is uncaring, that is mean. Sometimes the most caring thing that you can do is to walk away from them because you want them to wake up from their sin. You want them to see that God is real and has a plan for them. But can I tell you, first you confront them. First you talk to them about it. And this isn't like, man, can you all agree with me? We all fall short. Of the of the glory of God, we 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 all sin. Seems like sometimes every day, if I could make a list, and I don't want to. And that what we may say or why we do something, it's deceitful. Uh, it could be a, a lie. It's just a small lie. Uh, it could be more than that. That 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 we're just hateful. We all sin, and this isn't talking about. Everybody's supposed to be perfect because you can't be. You won't be. But are you striving to live for Christ? Are you in a sin that's over and over and over doing the same thing over and over and over? Because that's, that's when you need to wake up and go, okay, this is something I need to deal with. And when we do this, we actually care more about them and their relationship with God than we do about our friendship. And that, that's, that's huge. It says, and don't miss this, don't even associate, hang out, or eat uh, with anyone who claims to be a believer but is headlong steeped in sin. Let's not be like the church in Corinth. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's hard to speak truth to, to people. I understand it's hard. And a lot of times they don't re- re- receive it well, especially at first. But many times I've found this. They come back pretty quick. If they care about their faith at all, they come back pretty quick, and we have really good talks going, man, thanks a lot for coming to me. Uh, has that always occurred? No. Man, I've lost some, some, some youth, and I don't know if they've ever gotten back. But the most loving thing we can do is to reach out to them. And look out to them. And we've got to be careful uh, because sometimes our quietness means ex- acceptance. It means it's, it's okay. If we know a friend is dealing with something or doing something, whether it's in a relationship or whatever it is, and we don't say anything, sometimes our lack of saying something is affirmation to them. And I don't want that. And I don't think you want that. So we've seen a shocking sin, a subtle sin, and a response to sin. And man, this is our hope. My hope is that 
we won't just like, man, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. Sin sniffer. Don't be a sin sniffer. Okay? And don't be a sin spreader. Like, ooh, did you hear about this with them? Did you hear about this with them? You know what? If you hear something that's off, you know what you're called to do? Go to them. Go to them. Uh, Love them. That's the way that we love. This is how our body, the body of Mercy Hill Church, can be strong and make an impact in Yuli. That's my greatest hope for us. Let's pray, and we're going to be dismissed tonight. Dear God, we thank you so much for tonight, Lord. A different type of passage to look at, um, but Lord, I think it's important for us to understand that sin is serious. Lord, may we um, all even take time to repent of our sins, to to turn to you. Uh, Lord, your word in, in 1 John says if we uh, confess our sins, you're faithful and just, just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, we thank you that you're a loving God, that you're a forgiving God, that you're a pursuing God. And Lord, use us. Um, first of all, help us to walk with you in a right relationship. Help us to... Um, Put our uh, one, put our faith and trust in you, and then live live for you, and study your word, and and grow in our faith. And Lord, uh, we just want to be used for you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.